baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kid's best summer yet at St. Louis University. Okay, three, two, one, hit it. It's the Chris and Amy Show. You know who it is. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Good morning, friends. It's a good one today. My God, is it good today. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, Lord. Is that Valentine's Day? It's so many days today, one of them being Valentine's Day. Because it is Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. and Amy and I don't really care about the holiday. Well, you probably care now because you are taken. But we still don't care, right? No. Yes. Okay. I think Mason Jar said... Happy Valentine's Day, even though it's a stupid holiday. Good for him. <laughs> and, Good for him. But, but I mean, like I said, I, I'm not a Valentine's Day person. And um, no, it's it's uh, the the stupidity of Valentine's Day is beaten only by the stupidity of sweetest day. Sweet. What is sweetest day? Never heard of it till I went to college, but it is a hallmark holiday that happens, I think, September. Sweetest, it's kind of like a, oh. it's like another valentine's day it that's like what i you're get against swedes <laughs> no <laughs> like you're a sweetest well that would mean you are in uh, favor oh, of the yeah swedes. that's right an yeah. anti-sweetest yeah an anti-sweetest uh 314-436-7900 and we were talking uh, in the office about those valentine's day mishaps that you may have had like, for example, uh, making a, an appointment or an appointment, making a reservation for a restaurant showing up and it's the wrong restaurant. Uh, stuff like that. If anything like that has happened to you or maybe your date has thrown soup in your face, tell us about it. Leave us a voicemail at 314-944-1120. We can all share in your misery together and laugh about it. We will take your calls. We'll take your text messages. Mm-hmm. We want you to follow us on Twitter and all the social media platforms at Chris Amy KMOX. We are also broadcasting live 1120 a.m. as you know, 98.7 FM and the free Odyssey app. Time now for the top of the order. The top three stories everybody will be talking about. Well, the House does it after a failed attempt that happened uh, about a week ago. Alejandro Mayorkas has been impeached by the House of Representatives in a vote last night. And George Santos is out and his seat has been filled by a Democrat. Not great for House Republicans. You haven't heard this word in a while. COVID. Oh. Well, there are new... I had, because I was... Yeah, you had I was, COVID. I was well into Remember it last week. Remember when you almost died? I almost died last week. But Chris Ranji, who did not die... I did not die. I'm back, baby. Aren't you excited about was, it? Well... I don't think that you're that excited. You're not as excited as you should be. But there are new guidelines yeah. uh, that we want to and go can over I just with say you. say that, boy, are you I lucky... Tim. 
who did not die. That's exactly right. Can I just say that, boy, are you lucky that the new guidelines came out after you were sick? Because I think our boss Steve would have made you come to work a lot sooner. He probably would have. You were out for a hundred days. I was out for five days, but I wasn't out. I didn't see you for nine days. I still worked. Because I had a little Chris Ranji advent calendar of when you would come back. Let me tell you about me. I care uh-huh. about other people, mm-hmm. um, whereas it doesn't seem like a lot of people do care about other people. And here's what I appreciate about you, mm-hmm. is that you do care, because I don't want your ick. COVID germs. Yeah, I don't want disease. I don't. I, you know what? Even if it's not COVID, I don't want strep throat. I don't I, want the flu. I, I don't want a 24-hour stomach bug with the runs. Nobody wants that. Do you know what I could have done last week? Showed up I, to work. I could have showed up to work and been like, I got a cold. <laughs> it's, it's just allergies. a cold. It's, it's, allergies. it's allergies. I have allergies in February. That's what this is. Yeah, but no, yeah, but I COVID. didn't do that. Mm-hmm. If you have the capability, not everybody can stay home from work, and I get that. Yeah. Probably take a day off. And I know if you're a shift gig worker, it's tougher. Um, but I would recommend if you have the flexibility mm-hmm. to work from home when you're sick, work from home. Yeah. Don't bring it into the office. What's the matter with you? Mm-mm. I don't know why. I thought, honestly, Amy, I swear I thought when COVID happened and people were working from home and they were more mindful of, oh, gosh, I was exposed. I should do this. I should isolate, whatever. I thought maybe as a society we had turned a corner Yeah. as far as how we would behave going to work because people power through work all the time. Yes, like, ah, do. just a sniffle. I'll go in. And the next thing you know, 15 people get sick. Um, I thought we had turned that corner. And maybe we did temporarily, but we are right back to what we were doing. Yeah. And can I say this? A little bit of a devil's advocate. Like, I get it. I've always said, stay home if you're sick. However, now with COVID, and especially when the rules were so extreme that you had to stay away for a minimum of 10 days, and then knowing that home tests are like 50-50. 50-50. If you go get the long test, you go to CVS or Walgreens, you can get a pretty accurate positive reading. But a positive read is almost always correct. A negative read, I, I don't always believe the negative reads. I know I've had COVID yeah, and it read negative the whole time. And then also sometimes you do get sniffles. A little cold or allergies still exist. And man, oh man, you can test and you can say, okay, I think it's negative. It's hard to know. Well, also, I, I think but, it gets hard to know. But True, but we can cut down on the numbers of people who show up to work with it. Mm-hmm. If you just get a test, home tests are free. All you have to do yeah. is go to uh, the website, you fill out, you give them your address, and they send you for free through the mail for tests. So Yeah, I don't, I, right. And I've taken the home tests, but like I said, I've taken them when I know I had COVID. Something was up and it came back as negative. And that's why you kind of have to, I think even if your test says negative, if you think you have it, I think you do need to err on the side of caution. But then there is the time when it doesn't feel like anything and it feels like a sniffle and you're not testing positive. Sure. I guess you just have to go by the home test or, but I get it. Colds still exist, but you feel guilty. Every time you sniff at all. Um, there is a website. It's covid.gov. Okay. And you just go there and then you can fill out a form, give them your address, and then USPS will send you tests. So, and I think that's what people should do. It's it's free. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. You have them at home. And then if you think, that's what I did last Monday. I thought, um, okay, I feel okay. I could go to work. Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't feel crappy enough to stay home. And I thought, I'm just going to take this test. I'll do it. I did the swab. 
went and showered, got ready, came out. You know, you're supposed to check it within 15, 30 minutes, like right in that window. And I did and it was red. You know, the, the second yeah. line was there and I thought, oh, OK, well, this is COVID. So I'm not going in because I don't know what it'll do to other people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we will talk about what the new guidelines are a little bit later. And and remember the Super Bowl? I heard of it. Yep. And the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll be having their parade today. It's happening today. Um, there's a Mark Scores at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Uh, my cousin, Kate, who lives in KC, she, her family, lifelong Chiefs season ticket holders, she is going to be our man on the street in case anything exciting or crazy happens. She's got okay. her phone on her. She's going to be on call mm-hmm. for us because that's what we are. We're, we inform the people. Right. I can't imagine what's going to happen unless somebody falls off a bus. Well, I think she's going to be maybe a Taylor Swift spotter. Well, Didn't so the mayor secretly... He, he, so he was on an interview this morning yep. with uh, CNN, and he was very coy about whether or not she was going to be there. But there was a story that um, he had quietly yep. or maybe privately said, hey, it'd be a whole lot easier if you didn't come and, <laughs> because from a security standpoint. Yep, he's right. And here's the thing. He's right because if she went, she would draw thousands of non-football fans who are just there to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift. And you may think, well, that's not a big deal. So what if they're there? It's just that more people, more passionate people who are just desperate to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift, it can throw, it could make things more complicated and she would need more security. My goodness, if I were a football player, if I were on the Chiefs, I don't worry about their security in the trucks. I would worry a little bit about Taylor Swift. Hey, uh, Barbara is with us. You want to take a phone call? Let's take a phone call. Barbara is in Reno, Nevada. What? I don't know. Barbara's with (laughs) us on KMOX. What are you doing in Reno? Are you getting hitched on Valentine's Day? (laughs) No, actually, that's my my old phone number when I lived in uh, Las Vegas. I just didn't change it when I moved back here. Oh, man. Vegas. How was that? (laughs) We are the Vegas of the Midwest. It's pretty cool, loved right? It, loved living out there. It was great. Well, let me ask <laughs> you this: Why, Did you did you move to St. Louis for a guy? Uh, actually, yes. Oh, <laughs> was it worth it? Yeah, was it worth it? Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Okay. okay. Well, right. I mean, you're so you're still together. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. That's excellent. Do you like him? Do you like him? Uh, I do like him. Okay. That's good. Is he listening? Uh, no, he actually is playing golf, so oh. I don't oh. think he's listening. Well, you can say whatever you want then. I was going to say blink twice. Barbara, this is just sure between can. this is just between us. Yeah. He's what do you really think? <laughs> what do you... I'll tell you, he's a good guy. He okay. really is. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do for you, Barbara? Okay, well, you were asking about uh, Valentine Day mishaps. Yeah. Oh, baby. Okay, well, this goes way back. This goes way back. Um, When I was in my early 20s, I had a date with an airman from Scott Air Force Base, and uh, he took me to the officer's club. So, you know, in those days, we really dressed for a date. I had my skirt on, my heels, my nice blouse, you know, and we're we're getting seated, getting ready, and uh, ordering the appetizers. I ordered a shrimp cocktail. And when the waiter brought it over, he was very nice, but he dumped it right in my lap. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> yes. <and> no. <laughs> yes. I spent the rest of the night smelling like shrimp. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. That's not, you don't want to smell like seafood. Right, yeah, oh. but, well, I did. <laughs> That's, we're, okay. How, how did uh, your date respond? Was he gracious about it? 
Were you gracious about it? He was, and, and, you know, they they were all very gracious about it. Uh, even the uh, office club, they offered to for me to bring my skirt back, you know, and, and they would have it cleaned and, and you nice. know, p- pressed for me and everything. But, wow. uh, you know, I just kind of went in the restroom and did the best I could. <laughs> but I did. I smelled like shrimp all night. And that relationship did not work out? Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you? Yeah. Do you blame the soup? The, the shrimp? shrimp? Uh, well, uh, no. He okay. was just, he was too military, too rigid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know? Yeah. yeah. Did okay. you tell him, I, I hope you're more accurate in your operations? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. No, but that would have been a good thing to come up with. <laughs> well, we, so we thank him for his service. Yes. Uh, um, Barbara, right, exactly. Thanks for and, checking. You know, Thank you guys, too. I listen to you every day, and I love your show. Well, we well, love you, too. You. And thank you for calling in. That was awesome. Thank you for coming in from uh, Nevada. I Moving know, to St. Louis love, from Nevada. You can't get a more Valentine's Day appropriate call than that. This woman packed up her life, mm-hmm. moved halfway across the country yeah. from very exciting Las Vegas to St. Louis. St. Louis. It's a nice up-and-coming town. For love. For the love. zoo is free. I'll do anything for love, <laughs> but I won't do that. <laughs> it's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. One way or another, the Senate will dispense with this, probably without any vote in the body as a whole. Uh, There's no chance at all that Mayorkas would be convicted. That was political scientist Larry Sabato Sabato, uh, with the University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. The audio from CBS, and we thank them for that. So Alejandro Mayorkas, he was in fact impeached after a failed attempt, didn't have the votes uh, prior, um, a vote that happened about yep. a week ago, and now he is impeached, Amy, so now what? I forgot that they were going to try again so soon because they wanted to try, as you brought up, before George Santos's seat was flipped. Right. Because they lost. They, they would not have had the votes if... if um, Swazi was in. Yep, was in his seat. He would have voted against it, yep. and they, this would have failed again. And they also got House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, other uh, Republican out of Louisiana, who was gone last week because of cancer treatment. So he returned to the House on Monday. He was able to cast his vote. Uh, the same three Republicans who voted no, which would be McClintock, Buck, and Gallagher. Voted no, joined the Democrats in voting no again. Um, At any rate, I forgot that they were going to vote again so soon. So I woke up this morning and I see the headline on my phone. It's like, by golly, they did it. And I forgot they did it while I was sleeping. Here's what I what I wonder what I don't think it's a I don't think the vote in itself matters much. I mean, there's not going to be any teeth to it. Nothing's going to happen as a result. It's it's theater. This ends up being political theater. Senators who said they would vote against it publicly would now have to flip publicly, which isn't out of the question. But you'd have to have a lot of Republican senators flip. So 
what I wonder is just this against the backdrop of the failure to put the border bill on the House for a vote, the um, likelihood that this Ukraine Israel aid package of $95 billion is not going to go to a vote, even though people on the ground say it would pass and probably pass easily if it were to get to the House. Um, same thing with the border bill. There was a feeling that that would also have passed, which is why Speaker Johnson is not allowing either of those to happen. So all of these things together, what is the political ramification of it? Do, do do people who are independents, and I think those are the ones you're really speaking to here, we know where the um, the left and the right are on these issues and how they would vote moving forward, but it's the independents. Do independents or people who consider themselves more moderate and would vote for either party, depending on the candidate, would they look at this and go, because I know what I would do, and I'm again, I'm I'm biased here, but I would look at this and say, what are you guys doing? You're you you do this, you impeach this person, and you can make the argument that his approach to the job is not good. You don't agree with his philosophies, uh, whatever. But impeachable offense, it's not really there. So are you looking at this and thinking, man, do something serious? I mean, because you have yeah. these opportunities to do something serious about the border, and you're not taking them, but you're you're going ahead with this vote. Yeah, it, it's. I think it is a box to check or it's padding the resume of certain Republican politicians who want to say that they were part of this, part of impeaching the Secretary of Homeland Security, the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in almost 150 years. Maybe they want to be able to say that. Maybe they think that impeaching him draws attention to his record, that there are some independents who are thinking, okay, well, wait, why did they want to impeach him in the first place? Why did so many Republicans want to impeach a cabinet secretary? And then you look at, okay, yeah, he presided over record numbers of illegal crossings, you know, while he's there. And deportations. And the thing is, it gets you to look at the record. He is part of the Biden administration, um, which is policy. So I don't think you can impeach someone because you disagree with their policy. They have to actually commit a crime. And I'm assuming that they're alleging that he had criminal neglect of his duties to secure the border. But that's just a policy thing. It doesn't fall squarely on his shoulders, just as it doesn't fall completely on the shoulders of Biden and falls very much on the shoulders of members of Congress. And so it seems, again, like political theater. I don't know. Maybe it draws some eyeballs to the southern border and makes them more aware of the crisis. But it does feel like theater and resume padding for Republican politicians. So the election last night in New York, the replacement for George Santos, it went to the Democrats. So the Democrats do pick up a seat. It's 29 or it's, it's 219, 213 in the House now. That's the split. Republicans still lead. There were a lot of people in exit polling that said immigration was an important issue for them. And so in that sense, it does seem, at least in that one particular election, it does seem to have had a negative effect against Republicans. We will see if that happens over the next several months. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. We're going to talk to Sarah Fenske mm-hmm. next because um, police cars in St. Louis keep crashing for some reason. And we'll talk about that with her next on KMOX. It's Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Amy Marks Cores, Chris Ranji. 
Uh, we're going to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line, and there have been a seems like a, an unusual amount of uh, St. Louis City police cars that have crashed um, lately and in seeming like not involved in accidents. Right. They're just single car accidents that have happened. Um, don't know what the world's going on. We're going to try to find out because Sarah Fenske is the executive director of the Riverfront Times, has written about this issue, and she joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. So there was an incident that happened in August we are just now learning about. Yeah, this is a, a weird incident, Chris. I have to say, like when I was put up to speed on this, I was like, wow, very strange. So a police SUV skidded kind of off the road, drove into, you know, those signs that are in front of churches that yeah. they'll have like a message like, God loves you, um, you know, kind of a substantial sign. And this cop car, cop SUV, hits this sign and basically destroys it. And then rather than let the church know what had happened, they clean up the whole mess, which I guess it's nice. At least they clean up the mess. But then they leave the scene. And the church just assumed this was an act of vandalism. Somebody who maybe didn't like the fact that they had a pride flag or a Black Lives Matter sign, they actually got a story in the Post-Dispatch saying, wow, we've been vandalized again. You know, who would go after a church? It's only days later that talking to a neighbor who happened to look out his window after hearing the crash and and hearing police sirens respond, that they found out it was a police SUV that hit this sign and knocked it over. Yeah, it's the whole story is bizarre. A quick side note about the church, okay, assuming it's vandals because they had dealt with vandals before, Mm -hmm. the only aberration there is these vandals were upset enough to destroy the sign, but then also conscientious enough to try to clean up the mess, which seems uh, rather counterintuitive for vandals in the first place. So I know that uh, the pastor was confused by that as well. Yeah, the pastor was confused, and I think he wondered, well, this is weird. It looks like somebody smashed a car into this. I'm not seeing any damage from the car. Like, what was going on here? Was this somebody who maybe needed to hide the fact that it was their car? They didn't want to get arrested for doing this. The the thing seemed very strange to him. Well, even stranger when he finds out, oh, the police actually did that damage. So he finds out the police did this, and he reaches out because, hey, you destroyed my sign, and he doesn't get a whole lot of uh, help in return. Yeah, I mean, what was really frustrating when talking to the Reverend Mark Miller, who's the pastor of the Westminster Presbyterian Church, he'd already been reaching out to the police for days, just wanted to get somebody to come out and take a police report so that he would have it for purposes of insurance and for purposes of, you know, documenting the vandalism that he thought had occurred. And even after he called them saying, hey, I know it was you guys, even then he can't get much movement on this. He actually walked down to the police substation that was in the neighborhood, and they said, oh, we can't take a report for that. you got to keep calling. Well, at that point, he whips out these photos like, hey, like, I know this was actually you guys. Well, at that point, then he said they called him back in 30 minutes. They still wouldn't talk to him when he was there on site, but they did very quickly follow up. And what happened that was kind of strange is the officer he spoke to seemed like a nice guy. The officer said, oh, yeah, you know, the guy who was driving this car, there was something wrong with his brake line. And so he chose to skid into your yard rather than hit another car. And so basically confirmed, yeah, this was the police. 
And then still he manages to get nowhere. Like, they're like, yeah, someone from the city councilor's office will follow up. Nobody follows up. The police destroy the sign, still can't get a police report, can't get anybody to say, like, okay, here's what the process is to, to be made whole by this. You know, this, this pastor is somebody, he doesn't want to hire a lawyer. He's not trying to shake down the city. He just wants to have this taken care of. And hearing what he went through to do that, you know, you can see why people get really frustrated dealing with the city. And I think, you know, as a city resident, as someone who loves St. Louis, I just, I'd like to see us do better. You know, if the police mm-hmm. do something like this, shouldn't they leave a note? You know, I'd do that if I, I hit my name, nicked my neighbor's car. The police should be doing that when they destroy things like this. And when people are trying to get a police report or find out, you know, what are my next steps here? We shouldn't make it so hard for them. They shouldn't have to go to the RFT to figure out what's happening on something as simple as, you know, we destroyed your sign. Well, and then we had the police cruiser, the SUV that crashed into Bar PM back in January, I believe. And there was mm-hmm. another incident Like about as a week well. or two ago, was there not? I thought about uh, a week or I, two ago. I thought ago, North was... City. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that. Yeah, no. So we, uh, again, at the RFT, this is becoming a full-time beat. And I swear, guys, I'm not seeking these stories out. They're coming to me. There was another um, police SUV that sort of drove off the road and rammed into a chain link fence that was around a different North City church. And, you know, we had a re- who happened to be driving by and was like, hey, they've crashed another one. It, it, it does seem like a flurry of single car accidents. <laughs> so it kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> is there something wrong with the vehicles? Do we, do, no, I'm serious. I'm do, we need, do we need Honestly. a fleet of new vehicles? What is going on here? Yeah, it is, it is very strange. And I have zero answers on that. And I have had... Um, You know, some people who are not conspiracy theorists suggest to me, hey, police are driving around all day. Of course, they're going to get in more accidents than somebody like you who's driving three miles to the office. Like, they make a good point. There are a lot of them out on the street. It may be that we're just all noticing it now. Um, But it is interesting that these, you know, all of these incidents, Bar PM, this other church with the chain link fence, this church with the sign, they're not involving high speed chases. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something an ordinary driver, um, you know, should be expected to handle their cars. Uh, I don't know. Is someone sabotaging the the St. Louis police SUVs? If so, you know, please reach out to me at the Riverfront Times. I will explore that story. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you're right, because it's unusual Occasionally people do get distracted or something happens and they you have a single car accident, a car veers off into a yard or a store, but it's pretty unusual. It always makes the news. So to have police officers who, yes, they're driving a lot, but you also kind of assume there's that uh, higher attentiveness because they're on the job, they're on the clock, they're right. working. It's that perhaps you think somebody's making bad decisions, they're texting and driving or they're drinking and driving, but most likely you can take out driving under the influence, or you would think so for any of these You'd cops. Hope so. Right, <laughs> right. So you take that factor out. I would hope that you would take the texting and driving out. It just seems odd because police cars, yeah, everybody. Crashes sometimes, I guess. But a police car is going to have a much lower chance of doing that because they're on the clock. They shouldn't be under the influence. They shouldn't be highly distracted. Yeah, I mean, you make a really good point there. And, you know, one of our sort of ongoing jokes at the RFT is the St. Louis police are just like the rest of us. They can't drive. And there is some truth that, you know, hey, at least you, Hey, you're from Missouri. At least you admit it. Oh, my gosh. This, this state Illinois is kid. horrific this at This Illinois driving. kid is so oh. arrogant. Oh, my God. Well, I, I 
clarify here, Chris, I am actually not from Missouri. Oh. I am a transplant. And where I came from, we had to take driver's education. So do we in and Illinois. I, you yeah, take driver's education. I feel ed. like the, these St. Louis drivers, man, they are oh. terrifying. And, and the more I live here, the more I'm becoming one of them. I terrify myself. <laughs> and so, you know, the poor St. Louis police, like they're hiring from this pool where, you know, it's, it's the, the peers of the people of St. Louis the cops are just like us. They don't know how to drive. And I think if I had to guess, I think that's what's behind this. I am glad that you, I am, Sarah, I am so glad that you brought this up. It didn't even occur to me that these, no. these officers are all Missourians for the most part. And that's why they can't drive. Yeah. Because you're explain a lot. Oh, all of you in Missouri. I don't know. What are you doing here? Hey, okay. This, I'm going to bring the conversation down. I apologize. Oh God. I know, um, but I, it, it hits close to home because um, we were talking about uh, the Drake concert, like going to the Drake concert, and last night there was a multi-car crash right by the Enterprise Center where yeah. at least two people died and several others were injured like right after the concert let out. The concert had let out. It was minutes before. The streets were flooded with people, and you have a multi-car crash at Olive and 18th. I mean, that's right there. I've parked there, driven by there a million times. It's close to where we work. And do we have any idea more about that story other than it was a multi-car crash? Because that, too, is something that is concerning and not not a... For a city that's trying to say, no, we're safe, come on down, come down to a concert, when stuff like this happens, it feels like things are out of control. Yeah, and I think when you talk to city residents, you know, there's there's kind of this sense of, as you say, that, that things are out of control. And in many cases, it's not people talking about things like carjacking or, or issues like that, although that has certainly been a problem for a lot of people in a lot of neighborhoods. I don't want to downplay that, but I think part of the lawlessness that people feel frustrated by is just how awful drivers can be and how they seem just oblivious to pedestrians. People feel like they can't cross the street. You know, I live pretty close to South Grand and take my kids there to go to dinner. You might have to parallel park on one side of the street, cross to the next. My kids are now trained that after, you know, there's a red light, we have the right of way. We still wait for three cars to blast through that red light before we can even think about crossing. And like, you know, what happened downtown, I don't know any of the details of it, but I know that the traffic violence in this town, um, it's, it's drivers who have decided that they don't care about the safety of others. You know, they yeah. they are not paying attention. They're texting. They're gunning it through red lights. You know, they're passing people like at a red light on the left. I mean, it's crazy. Some of the behavior you see out there and people just have this sense that there's no one to enforce it. And I think Part of what's really hard then is to see that the cops are driving just like the rest of us. Like we need them to be better because we desperately need to be better. I, I will say this when it comes to the red lights and running through them. I get very frustrated driving through the city when there's zero traffic and these sure. red lights are so poorly timed. And I'm, th- and, and I'm sitting and there are no cars going anywhere because I'm at this red light and I think I should I should drive right through this because nobody's around and it happens all the time. Um, I do want to ask you before we let you go, Sarah, about this uh, this pastor at the church, which is at Union in Del Mar, and he says there's about $20,000 worth of damage. Is he getting any traction now that this story is out? 
Well, so what's amazing, um, it, the day before I published the story, I reached out to the city. Hey, I want to understand what's going on here. Like, you showed me all this documentation. Like, tell me your side of it. And they gave me just a one-sentence reply, which is fair. Um, but within hours, he heard from them. So even before we published, and then he followed up with me yesterday after our story was published, and he has finally been connected to the right department. They are moving this forward. I think there's a small part of him that's like, well, I guess I should have complained to the media earlier. And I feel <laughs> it shouldn't take him. the media trying to, trying to handle this nicely. But yeah. I think finally he is going to get what he needs, which is just them to repay him for this sign. So I'm happy for him. Sarah Fenske, we, we love having you on. Thank you for uh, for talking with us today and for doing this story because it's it's fascinating. I would say, at the very least, this is all very fascinating. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, guys. Sarah Fenske, Executive Director of the Riverfront Times, with us here on KMOX. That's Amy Marks Corps. I'm Chris Ranji. Did you see this? Next. Did you see that thing? I can't believe it. Something is obviously wrong. This is a joke, right? Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? No way. you got to be kidding me. Don't feel bad. There's no way you could have known that. Now, did you see this with Chris and Amy on the show? Ranj, are you a romantic? Okay. All right, what's your question? Go ahead. Are you Just romantic? tell your story. It's not I a story. can be. Okay. Most Americans think they're romantic, or oh. at the very least, they think they're somewhat romantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, a CBS YouGov poll revealed that 18% of Americans think they're very romantic, 51% think they're somewhat romantic, and 31% think they're not very or not at all romantic. I'm probably in the 31%. Um, and I bet that 31%... You strike me as romantic. I bet the 31% also the reporting yeah. that they are not very. Yeah. I would also consider those people to be self-aware. Well... Here, here's what they said uh, as far as ways to tell if someone is romantic. These are things that are very important to people. 84% said being loyal and reliable. Well, I, I'm like that. Are you reliable? Yes. You're flaky. With If I have a lady friend, I'm reliable. 78% said being a good listener. <laughs> I am a good listener to and my lady friends. 67% doing considerate things regularly. I'm considerate. I'm not sure. So maybe I'm not very self-aware because I should I should put myself in the romantic category. And I was going to say no. Here's more. 57 I'm admitting my faults. 57% said expressing love or romantic feeling often. Uh 54% being physically affectionate and 49% doing spontaneous romantic things. See, I don't really do that's probably my issue. I don't do a lot of spontaneous romantic stuff. Hmm. <sighs> It just seems like a lot of work, and I don't know what to do. Do you? Think- I don't even know what I don't know what good things to do okay. romantically like that. I feel like we need to bring in a therapist or something okay. for you. But on average, do you think you're more romantic, less romantic, or the equally romantic as your partner? Uh, well, I don't know. I, don't I mean, partner. in general, no. But you've had oh, so generally, many. yeah, probably less than most of them. Huh. Yeah. Um. Do you know the name William Post? William Post. He invented the mail. He did not. But he did invent something maybe arguably better. Cereal? The Pop-Tart. 
Uh, Grand Rapids really? uh, man at the age of 94, Bill Post, who invented mm-hmm. the Pop-Tart back in the 60s, passed away wow. yesterday. So the inventor of one of the great mm-hmm. snacks in history has passed away. Very, Frosted. very sad. Pop-tarts Bill Post. He didn't work for Post Consumer Brands. Totally different. Oh. He worked for Kellogg. No kidding. Yes. How about that? Wow. He said he was the only Post to ever work for Kellogg. Uh, that is Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. You've got KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.